Good, awesome. A um, couple things before we jump in and get going. Um, the first is if I'm a little bit more like wiry and amped up than normal, usually at coming off of a week of not preaching, it'll do it to me. You know, like I'm, well, I'm tight, ready to go. Uh, and then two, uh, I've got a 10-year-old in my house now. Um, he turned 10 Tuesday. Yeah, that's good. Clap. We've made it this far. Um, um, I just hear it gets, anyways. Um, so we had a sleepover last night. Um, which means, like, we don't sleep when you have a sleepover. And so, like, uh, I could, like, you hear them talking, and, like, you try to, like, check in on them. I think there were, what, uh, there were, like, five of them. And then we have, we have a six-year-old, and he can't be left out. So we had, to, we had one for him, too. So we were, like, it was, it was crazy at the pastor's house last night. Um, and so the word on the street was that we're going to pull an all-nighter. We're going to do this thing. Like, you could hear him, like, talking and things like that. And I'm like, not on my watch or not. I don't want that reputation, you know. I mean, he's already going to be a PK, and we don't want to have that reputation. We're pulling all nighters at the preacher's house, uh-uh. So, um, so no, I'm, I'm say that to try to, if anyways, if anything happens, you know why. But um, I cannot be held responsible for what. No, uh, uh, so that. But no, two two things real real quick before we we jump in. Um, the first one being this is you'll notice when you leave today, uh, when you go out in the lobby to the to your right over this way toward the Welcome Center area, um, there is a quilt hanging on the, the, the area where we have some opportunities to pray. Um, and that quilt is there for a specific reason. There is a young man, 15 years old, um, who's cancer, leukemia, tumors, got, got tumors and things like that, cancerous, just um, not good. Um, and that's a prayer blanket. That's one of the cool things that, that the, the women um, that are in this, this ministry sewing and making blankets and the prayer squares and things like that. Um, one of the great opportunities we have is to just cover that, that blanket in prayer ask God to heal, ask God to move. And so we, we just ask over the next week or so, a couple weeks, if you would, when you leave, if you'd just go and just, just pray, just say a little prayer and just tie a knot on that blanket there. There's, there's, there's little areas where you can kind of guide a prayer, some things we're asking, asking God to do and, and work in. And just as you pray, I think there's three different things. You can just pray and tie, that, tie those knots there, um, and then we'll present that to that, that family, that, that boy. And so um, just a great opportunity there just to, man, just to love on and ask God to move in a mighty way. Um, so that, that's number one. Number two, um, just kind of want to make you aware of something real quick. So over the last few, few months, four or five, six months, um, uh, God's just been pressing on a family's heart here, um, especially in the area of generosity um, and how he's blessed them um, and just, just wanted, just through prayer and just seeing God working and doing some things, um, uh, they've just been praying. The family's been praying and uh, asking God, just kind of direct them in uh, what to do. And, and so, um, as, as you can see, um, like we've got some drums now here. We've got um, our youth wing is kind of going to have a little bit of renovation done back there, some things going so we can minister better to our uh, middle school and high school students and just love on them and provide them a place uh, just to be a part of. And uh, like I said, just a, a good, safe, cool place to come and hang out, um, like our after school ministry, which I need to tell you something about that. See, I'm talking, I'm everywhere right now, um, and I'm not medicated, I'm just joking. Um, like, we've got, uh, she's not in here, but uh, we're like pushing 60 for summer. Um, yeah, yeah. So what that means is, is like 60 kids this summer, all summer, are going to get to hear the gospel week in and week out, going to be loved on by the church, going to be taken care of and just um, hear about Jesus, and they're going to have chapel, and it's just uh, an amazing, amazing opportunity, and so I, th- I think our cutoff number, so they've told me, unless God speaks to me over the next, anyways, no, um, it's 60, and so that's, that's phenomenal, and so, um, so just like even some things that are going to be, be gifted and done there for, for our after school ministry, as well as our kids and some playground stuff, I'm kind of uh, doing some things back there, and so 
Um, just, just in conversation and praying through, through some of that, um, where we're at right now is $172,000 left on our building. Um, and then we'll be out of debt as a church. We, 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 won't, we won't have the debt of the facility and things here. Uh, about almost $10,000 a month goes, goes to paying down that, that building. And so as it goes right now, um, I think the day, we don't know, we're, any, we're a year and six months to a year and eight months. So 2024, we'll be completely out of debt with this facility. Excuse me. And so, um, so just talking about that, thinking through some of that, praying through some of that, um, one of the things that's going to happen with the generosity from this family um, is that there's going to be uh, a gift of $30,000 go to the, to the building to pay off the building, um, which still leaves us with, I think, about 140, 40 something. Um, and so, I man, just praying and just talking with the trustees and just like, what, what, what can we do? Let's, let's try, let's pray like crazy and see what God would do. Um, and so, one of the things he's just stirred on my heart is as soon as that goes away, man, the opportunities that we'll have as a church to be able to be even uh, uh, more prevalent in our community through missions, be able to take the gospel in, in different ways uh, and get it out, to even take care of, of here and, and, and different things like that. And so, um, so that $30 is going to be given, and there's been a challenge issued. So over the next two months, uh, this family says, hey, see if, see if the church can, can match that. So we want to come to you and we want to say, hey, be praying what God would put on your heart to give. And in the next two months, we're going to do it May and June, see if we can't match that 30000 And if we do that, we will be right at the place because we have some in our, uh, our budget, in our, um, in our account, that's specifically for paying down the debt. And if we do that, we will be very, very close of being able to be completely out of debt in this building this year. So um, I just, I guess just challenge us to man, be praying about that, asking God what he would do, what he'd put on your heart to give there, and let's see if we can't get out of the debt of this, this building and be able to, to serve our, our, our community and missions and, um, and just, just the opportunities that God would give us uh, through that. So just wanted to, to bring that there to you, and um, even on our app and website, there's, there's a specific giving uh, platform there that you can, you can designate that to and just see what God will do. So... Um, so I was excited about that. So let's, let's pray, and then we'll, we'll jump in. So would you, would you join me as we pray, and then we will, uh, we'll jump into what God's got for us this morning. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Jesus, we thank you so much for your goodness, your faithfulness. God, thank you for uh, pressing upon hearts to give. Father, thank you so much for that. Um, Lord, just, uh, just pray this morning as we open up your word, God, that you would navigate however you see fit this morning in this place. God, that you would speak to hearts and that you would say what you need to say. God, that you would accomplish and do in this place this morning what you need to. Father, and I'm praying for salvations. God, I'm praying for depth and maturity, Father. I'm praying that you would just move in a mighty, mighty way. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. Jesus, we ask that you receive glory and honor. Father, everything that we say and do here is for your glory, for your honor. Father, even our desire to get out of debt with this building. Lord, the opportunities that we would have. So, God, we're just asking that you would move. Make your presence known in a mighty, mighty way, however you see fit. We love you, Jesus. We need you. It's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, grab those. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is where we're going to be. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, we'll just start in verse 1 here in a few minutes. And so uh, we're going to go into a five-week series that's going to lead us up to summer. Um, 
And so uh, if you've been with us from the beginning of the year, we, we started out the new year with a 13 or so week series on discipleship. And uh, I mean, we just really exhausted uh, every uh, crook and uh, uh, every little corner and every little thing about discipleship. And we walked through that for, for a little while there. And then we come out of that uh, into Easter and had a little mini series into Easter. And then after Easter, uh, uh, Jimmy preached uh, last week and just talked about the fruit of the spirit. And um, I believe uh, just all of that just kind of leads us to where we're going to be today where we're going to be in this next little series. This is going to set the stage for us all the more of where we're going to be and where God's going to take us over uh, the, next, the next five weeks, leading us right into summer. And so um, I'm excited to be able to kind of unpack this, to be able to talk to you about this. Um, and, and I just believe, uh, let me ask you this, who likes getting gifts? I mean, this isn't like, like no like strings, there's no strings attached. Like who doesn't like a gift? That's a dumb question, wasn't it? Like who doesn't like gifts? Um, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm right there with you. Love, love a good gift, right? Uh, love to have a gift. Uh, because when, when you, especially when it's a gift like you really need or a gift like you can really use or like does something or there's a lot of thought behind that gift or there's uh, uh, just a lot of uh, ability that's given with that gift to help you uh, do things better or be more efficient or, or, or whatever it is. I mean, the way that can encourage, the way it can help, the things that, that it can do for you, um, it, there's just something about it, isn't it? Just something about it. And so for us in, in, in the Miller house, this, this is how it goes. So um, we got kids now, so Christmas is it's so fun to just see their little faces on Christmas morning and to go that route. And then when we get together with family, uh, there's something that happens in the Miller house um, that, that until I met my wife and we get married, we didn't have it like this. And so um, in the Miller house, when we get together with family uh, on Christmas, we do all the kids' stuff, and then we like exchange gifts with family, our families. Um, but her family always gets us like the family gift, the family gift, um, and, and so, it's, it's kind of cool. The family gift. Um, if you drink coffee, last year I'm not bitter. We're good. Um, but the fam- like there's always like this family gift that um, is is geared to the family to like to kind of help her and I out to like be more efficient or effective and so uh, example so like like, um, like gifts are good right and so like like to to like clean the house like like this I mean it's not very effective or efficient especially rugs carpet I mean, which is good for like a quick clean like of a certain small area and things like that. But, um, but what I mean, like, like one year, one year we, this was, this was kind of the gift that we got. And I'm thinking, why would you get us a gift like this for my wife? Um, and I'm joking. I am thoroughly trained in how to use this thing um, at any time. But like, like this was the gift. And I, and I saw it and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, why would they do that? I'm like, they're, they're, and then I learned really quick why they did that. Because like th- these kind of messes, these kind of messes are not too bad and easy. But, but when you have to like use that thing, I mean, like that, like that's, like that's like souped up high power efficient. And so like to sweep the house like this, the whole thing is just not as effective. Or, and then like certain spills, it's got like the sucker thing that you can and take it all up and it's, and it's just, and then you can even take it out and do the car with it if you want to. Have you tried cleaning your car like this? Not effective, I'll tell you that right now. And so, so it got me thinking, kind of that, that illustration, this, this thought of like, like Christmas and, and we get certain gifts, like family gifts and, and things like that that happens and um, what we have. And, and I, just, I just believe that that just took me back to where we're going to be today. It made me think of what we're going to be looking at over the next five weeks and, and how God has given us gifts. 
How God has gifted us, gift or gifts, plural. And, and some of those gifts, that just the purpose behind them is, is to bless us, even though I didn't realize the blessing that would be. Three boys in, I understand the blessing of a high-powered uh, vacuum cleaner compared to an uh, old-school broom. And so God has gifted us with gifts, and the purpose behind that is, is to bless us and to bring him glory. To, to bless us, his people, and to bring him glory and honor. And so the gifts that I'm talking about that God has given us, not monetary, because these gifts give us purpose and connection to him in a deeper way and to the body. That's what I'm talking about. He's gifted us with certain gifts And that's what we're going to look at over the next five weeks. We're going to look at spiritual gifts. What does that mean? What are they? And so this morning, my desire is to do this. I want to define what spiritual gifts are, and then I want to look at where they come from. I want to look at how we get those spiritual gifts. And so 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 12, as we're getting ready to dive in there, just give us background, some backstory, because context matters. What's taking place in the scripture matters. Uh, the story of what's happening, why, why they're in the predicament they're in or the situation they're in or what's taking place in that day matters. And so you have the church here at Corinth and the apostle Paul is writing them a letter. He is writing them a letter. And there's some major issues at the church in Corinth, major issues, uh, very chaotic. They're very dysfunctional. Uh, they're very unhealthy. Uh, they are struggling as, as, as a church. And the biggest problem about that is they don't even realize it. The biggest issue, one of the biggest issues that's taking place in the church in Corinth is that they don't think that they're doing that bad. They actually think that they're doing great, especially as it pertains to the areas of gifts, especially as it pertains to the areas of special, uh, uh, special, um, spiritual gifts and God's grace. And so what Paul's going to do in chapters 12 through 14 is he's going to rebuke them and let them know that they're not doing so hot. He's going to let them know that they're nowhere near as far along or where they need to be like they think that they are. Have you ever been around someone who thinks that they're just nailing it? Ever been around somebody, maybe a coworker or a family member, whoever it may be, don't point fingers, and they think they're just like doing it. I mean, they're just knocking it out of the park. They've got this thing licked. They, they know some stuff about some stuff, when in all reality, they don't. So I don't know how your brain works, but mine was working, and as I was kind of like looking through some stuff this week, I came across, I want to, I want to show, this made my head go here, this video real fast. Check, check, check this out. This just made me think of this. Throws it to the day. <laughs> yeah, 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 that, that's, yeah, that was me as a kid. That's actually home food footage. Um, no, I'm just joking. But mama saw something in the kid that obviously wasn't there. Mama thought something about her boy that, I mean, good pass to the dad. That's cool. Good. Yeah. And then she's talking and bragging him up, giving him big time, and all of a sudden he gets blasted in the face with the ball. And you know, if you're pro, you got to keep your head on a swivel. You got to be ready at all times. You're ready, but he wasn't ready. And so th- that's the church at Corinth. That's the church at Corinth. They think that they've got it. They think that they're nailing it. But the problem is their background, their history, and paganism has distorted the gifts has distorted their view and their understanding of the gifts. And Paul, Paul really in this scripture is writing them on the order of service, uh, love for one another, uh, unity that should identify them as the body of Christ. That's what he's doing. And so what you're going to see here in the heart of chapters 12 through 14, you're going to see him in that address some issues with spiritual gifts. 
address some issues with spiritual gifts. So let's look at the first question here. 12.1 says this. What are spiritual gifts? What are spiritual gifts? 12.1 says this. Now concerning spiritual gifts. So he starts out right there at the very beginning. And in the original manuscript, the word gifts is not there, though it's heavily uh, implied throughout the next few chapters, the next few verses. You'll, you'll see it mentioned. You'll see it there. And so a good rendering of this here would be uh, pertaining to the Spirit. Now, pertaining to the Spirit. And what Paul is talking about is just spiritual qualities or, or characteristics. He's talking about the Holy Spirit working and giving and imparting in the life of a believer. That's what he's doing. Now, concerning the, the working and doing of the Holy Spirit. And so I don't know about you, but I know my, my background growing up. and uh, Church, kind of, but not really. We'd go some. And I don't ever really remember hearing much about the Holy Spirit. I don't remember, uh, and I don't have a good understanding of the Holy Spirit as, as a kid. And, um, and so whenever the setting that I'm from, whenever you, you would talk about the Holy Spirit, we didn't, talk, we didn't talk about the Holy Spirit, we talked about the Holy Ghost. You know what I'm talking about? Like, he wasn't the Holy, he's the Holy Ghost. And so um, all I can remember as a kid is that when the Holy Ghost showed up, man, things got crazy. I mean, things got like weird and got crazy, and I didn't quite understand it. And as a kid, you didn't want the ghost. Like, you, you, you didn't like ghosts. You were scared of ghosts. That's why we had ghostbusters to get rid of them, you know? And so it's just like, like I remember, that's, that's my background, that's my setting. That's, that's where I'm from. And you really, you really want to wick people out? You want to just freak them out a little bit? Get in a conversation real quick about the Holy Ghost. That'll make somebody uneasy real fast. The ghost, what? And I believe the reason, church, I believe the reason that that's the case is because we don't understand who the Holy Spirit is. We, we don't understand who the Holy Ghost is. See, see, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is not an it, not a force, not a fire, not a wind, not a dove, though portrayed at that at some points. The Holy Ghost is the third person of the Trinity. Church, the Holy Ghost is God. The Holy Spirit is God. And so what we can know and understand about the Holy Spirit is that he will always, always, always be aligned with and in complete agreement and action with God always. Always. He will never do anything to contradict God's revealed nature and character from the Scriptures. God is not a God of chaos. God is not a God of confusion. The Holy Spirit isn't either. The Holy Spirit isn't either. So for us as believers, this is what happens. We are baptized by the Holy Spirit at conversion. That's when we receive the Holy Spirit. God indwells us when we are born again at conversion, so he lives in us. So we've got the Holy Spirit as believers living in us, working in us, doing in us. He convicts, he encourages he gives us gifts that we'll see throughout this series. He gives us abilities to talk and to think and to do things outside of our average norm. Things that are not our nature and our character. He uh, uh, gives us those abilities. And so he lives in us doing what? Shaping us and molding us into the image of Jesus. That's what the Holy Ghost does in our life. He indwells us and does a work in us whereby he draws us closer, he pushes us closer, he works in us, getting us closer to look more like Jesus and less like us in the world. That's what he does. That's who he is. He is God. And I believe that one of the reasons why there's so much confusion around the Holy Spirit is because of what we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks, especially as it pertains to some of the gifts especially more uh, specifically as it pertains to the sign gifts. And so that, that's in a few weeks. But I believe that's where maybe some of the confusion kind of creeps in and, and causes us to get a little uh, weirded out about. So, so Paul says this 
this morning. Now concerning uh, spiritual gifts, brothers. And brothers, he's addressing the church, right? The church at Corinth, this is to believers. Concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. So, so Paul is going to inform the, the church here. Paul's going to let them know. He's going to uh, correct them uh, and the church here in the realm of spiritual gifts. He's going to rebuke them. They need to be rebuked Why? because they're, they're wrong. They're, they're getting it wrong, and they need to be straightened out. They need to be corrected. Remember, as I said earlier, they think they're awesome at it. They're the boy that's going pro. As it pertains to spiritual gifts, they can't even catch the ball. They try to eat it with their face. Like they don't get it. They think they're awesome and they're not. And so I know what our culture, I know what our world says, especially as it pertains to this thought. Addressing or rebuking or having conversations like that that are difficult. Our culture says that that's, that's hate. That that's, no, that's not right. But I think, I think it's quite the opposite. I think to turn a blind eye to is horrific. I think to say you love someone but not show action in regards to having conversation or pressing in or trying to get a better understanding or, or even if need to be corrected, correcting, that's not love, that's hate. If we don't step up and say what needs to be said, it's loving to confront, to point out error, to work through. I mean, how horrific would it be for somebody to stand on this stage week in and week out, feeding you a false gospel for you to believe your whole life, only to end up one day when you die to be separated from the love of God? I mean, that's horrific. Well, we don't want to hurt his feelings. We don't want to upset him. We don't want his little psyche. We got to pat it. We'll give him a trophy. I mean, it's crazy, our world, is it not? I mean, if we're wrong, we need to be told we're wrong. And there's a loving and gracious way to do that. I don't think on Facebook for everybody to see is a good one, but I think we should love people enough to go have conversation with, to sit down and just say, hey, help, help me understand a little bit better. Hey, help, help me. I don't quite get this. I mean, you said, you said this, or maybe you kind of did that. Help me, I, help me just gain some understanding by what you mean here. Let, let, me, let me try to get caught. What, what are you talking about? So this, this is a loving, gracious thing to do here. It, it's is to confront, is to care enough about, is to have those kind of conversations with. It's not bad despite what our culture thinks. It's loving them. So Paul cares enough for, one, them, in the furtherance of the gospel, to have that kind of conversation with his brothers and sisters in Christ. He's willing to address what needs to be addressed. And I know spiritual gifts, they can kind of get messy or weird or whatever, but, but he's not worried about that. They're, they're, they don't have to be a weird thing. They're not secretive. They're not, nobody can know fully. That's not it. God has outlined and he has told us and he has shared with us and he has showed us. So what is Paul trying to do here? What is he talking about? What is he trying to, to let them know? And so when we talk about spiritual gifts, this is what Paul means, what spiritual gifts are. This is spiritual gifts. They're, defi- they're divine enablements for ministry that the Holy Spirit gives in some measure that are under the complete direction of his control. Divine enablements, an enablement for what? For ministry, for building up, for serving, for giving your life away. That the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit living in us, gives us, uh, equips us, fills us with, gives us that measure that's under complete direction and control of him. His control. His guiding. His direction. That's what he wants to inform them about. That's what he wants to correct them in their error of. 
They've made it something that it's not. They had started to elevate certain gifts over other gifts. They had started to, uh, to, to run amok with it. They have started to uh, drift back into their old pattern of life, their old way of life. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But, but you're going to see that throughout these next few chapters. Them living contrary to, to, the, to the leading of the Spirit. And that's where he goes next in verse 2. He says, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However you were led. So Paul's just reminding the believers here at Corinth. He's saying, hey, look, you as believers, before you were believers, you were pagans. You were lost. You were worshiping false gods. You were worshiping idols. You were, uh, uh, you, you were doing things that were contrary to the, the guiding and the leading of the Spirit, contrary to the heart and nature of God. They were practicing and living in a way that was worldly, that was anti-God. And then he's going to go there. Therefore, he says, so because of your past, because of your history, because of where God has brought you from, what he has rescued you from, what he has redeemed you from, therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says that Jesus is accursed. No one speaking in the Spirit would say that. And it's not necessarily here when we see that, that they're, that they're running around saying that or saying bad things about Jesus. They're just drifting. They're just drifting back into old patterns. They're drifting back into old thoughts, into old lifestyles, into old habits. See, the problem with the church here in Corinth is that they're saying with their mouth one thing, but living in a way that's in opposition of what they claim. That's what's happening here at the church in Corinth. They're reverting back to some of their old ways, old practices, things that are contrary to the, to the leading and the, and the heart and nature of God. They're drifting back into. They're saying one thing with their mouth and living contrary to what they're saying. And hear me, I know that there should be some tension in the room right now of that. Because we all do that, don't we? Like, what's one of the biggest arguments against the church in today's world? There's a bunch of hypocrites. Which I always find an interesting argument, an interesting case. So they're hypocrites as in, like, you're not. Real quick, real quick. Even knows this is all free, y'all. This is this is extra portion of the service. Um, this is not preaching last. Who in this room has ever said something or did something that you're against? Don't be, huh? We in church. I know it's hard, huh? Get those hands up. We ain't proud about it, but we look. look no, hands up, hands up. Look around. And I'm not doing it like to try to lead you. I'm not coaxing you into anything. Yeah, me too. Absolutely, absolutely. I would never, ever do that. I would never. I'm a get. What happens right into it sometimes? Whether it's a way of thinking, something you say, the way you act. We all do it. We all do that. The problem with the church at Corinth is they didn't care that they were doing that. They didn't care that they were being anti. It didn't really matter. It was like God and kind of their old practices, their old ways. It, 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 was, it was like, um, um, this, is, this is the way that God has said, this is what he has, he has set up, this is, this is what Jesus has commanded, but we're, we're going to kind of do that and dabble in that, but we're also going to kind of like have our foot still on the other side and dabble a little bit over there in the, in the other side of things. Th that's what's happening here at the church in Corinth. Saying one thing with their mouth, living in a way of opposition. That's what's happening, that's what's taking place there. Reverting back to their old ways, their old practices. And we all do that. We all do that. The thing that should mark us as believers, though, is this, is that when we do that, as born-again Holy Spirit living in us, when we do that, that conviction follows not long after. That, that conviction comes up because he's in us and he expects more out of us and he doesn't let us act and live that way contrary to him. And, and so a good gift from the, from the Father is that of conviction. 
I don't know. I know we talk about conviction or there's thought about, oh, it's just a bad thing. It's a thing I can't believe. I hate that I feel. It should be good. One, that should be an indication that you belong to him. When you're in the world living like the world, living in sin, living as a pagan. You didn't care what God thought. You didn't care how everybody else reacted or what everybody else thought or what may have broken God's heart or not broken God's heart. It's a good thing to have the gift of conviction that when we live contrary or we live in sin or we act in a way that, that doesn't match up or line up to, to the heart and nature of God, that God lets us know about it. Well, because he has a higher standard, a higher expectation of us. Why? Because we have been purchased and the price was great. So, so, so that's going to happen from time to time. But for us as believers, brokenness and conviction is a good gift of God. That should be the response. And, and Paul is saying that it, it's not of God. The way that they're acting, the way that they're being, the things that they're living, it's not of God. This is not a work of the Spirit. Though you think you're knocking it out and doing it, the Spirit would never lead you to do that. The Spirit would, the Spirit would never take you down that road. And so let's just talk for a second, church, because hear me, the Spirit of God will never, never, never under any circumstances ever lead you or me or us in a way that's contrary to the revealed nature and character of God in his word. Never. So if you're having to pray about something that's contrary to the word of God, you need to quit because the answer is no. He, he requires obedience to that. You don't, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to try to uh, wiggle through it. He will never lead us to do or say something that does not align with the character and nature of God, ever, ever. The Spirit will never do that. So I don't know what your practice has been or what you've been around or what you know of the church, but if it's anything anti than what's been revealed in the Word of God and the nature of God, the heart and character of God, then it's, then it's not of God. That's what Paul is trying to get through to the Corinthians here in this moment. Let me try to illustrate it like this. Like I can remember a time... Um, in my life, kind of young in ministry, uh, had been burnt by the church, had been hurt by the leadership, just a diff- difficult days, dark days, you know what I'm saying? Like difficult, dark days. Um, and you think, church will never do that. Well, we do because we're flawed and we're human and we're working, right? We're in process. We're not perfect. We're in process. And so um, how we respond should be an indication of whether or not we're in process like we should be. But anyway, so um, I'm, I'm at a place, um, just been burnt, been hurt, rough time um, in the church. And so um, I, have, I have lunch with two buddies that are in ministry. And so we go to meet, and I'm like, I'm excited about this because these guys have been burnt and hurt by the church too. And so they get it. Like, they know. They're right there with me. They, they understand. They're, they're right there. And so we're, we're eating and kind of just small talking, and as we kind of finish with some small talk, we're, um, then it comes up. And I'm like, yes, finally, the reason why I came. Because, like, I had some ideas, y'all. Like, I had some ideas in the back of my head of, like, how I would or what I wanted to do or things like that. And so now he finally asks me the question, so, Scott, how you doing? Mm, that's a loaded question, especially like when people really answer that question. And so I said, oh, man. And then I, like, we're close. I'm like, let me tell you how I'm doing. Bo, it's a struggle. And I am ticked. You know, like I'm not like mad. Like I'm past mad. Like I'm ticked, whatever the degree of madness that is. But I'm there. Like I have, mama, you say, I'm up to here with you. And I, I was up to there, past. And so, um, so I began, we began to converse back and forth and talk. And I'm like, man, I, ah. Like, I am longing for the day. They're like, like wh- wh- what day? I said, the day that I run into them out, out in public. I'm not on staff anymore, yo. They can't fire this boy. He's gone. And so I said, so I am like, that day that I'm out there, that I get to see them, we get to have, oh, man, I don't have to hold back. He's like, really, wh- wh- what are you going to say? And I said, oh, man, 
mm, and I'm just, I'm trying to think through like what, oh, what, oh, what I want to say, and like they're, we're church guys, and so I'm like, okay, we're going to try to keep it like Christian church-like, and, and so I begin to think about it, and he's like, oh, hold on a second, before you answer, let, let me, let me, um, let me answer that for you. I said, okay, because I'm thinking like they've been there, they know, right? Like they've been hurt, they've, they've, the same situation, they understand, and I am waiting for him just to like load me. Like, I've got my notepad out ready, y'all. Like, this is going to be good. Give me the good stuff. I say, give me the good stuff. He's like, all right. He's like, well, Scott, you'll respond like this. And he says, you'll respond the way that Jesus should respond because he lives in you. Why did we meet for lunch? <laughs> I mean, I didn't want that. Like, I wanted the good stuff, yo. Like, I, like, I wanted like... I wanted some ammunition to put, to put in the gun, you know? So when I saw them out there, we could, I could let them know. But God used that conversation to remind me, and even to this day, even to this day, things that rub me or things that people have tried to hurt or things that have been said or stuff that happened and, and things like that in my life, any facet of my life. Oh, I can't hardly say anything without that dumb, and I hope it does the same thing for you, the blessing that that guy was for me. I hope I could just be the same thing for you right now in this moment is that when you're in that situation, like I am often, that I'll respond in a way that matches and lines up to the one that's living in me. The church at Corinth wasn't. They weren't living that way. They weren't aligning with. They weren't, they weren't talking and being, and even, the, even as it pertains to gifts, they weren't. And so I believe one of the reasons why he doesn't use the word gifts there in verse 1 is he wants them to know that the Holy Spirit's not leading them into living this way. That the Holy Spirit would not lead them to act and to be and to partake in that way. And then what we're going to see here in verse uh, 3 is, is he's going to finish and he's going to let them know the real work of the Spirit. Look, look at what he says at the end of verse 3. And he says, and no one can say, this is coming from Jesus is accursed, he says, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord how except in the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit will always, always, always lead people to the Lordship of Jesus. Always. And I know that's a struggle, especially in the church, because we want salvation, but we don't care about Lordship. And what I mean by that is this, is that we want to get out of hell free card, but we just don't want Jesus to tell us what to do. Like, rescue me, redeem me, give me my fire insurance, and I'm in. Like, that's great. And, and I'll give you a little bit of stuff here and there. I'll give you some time here and there. I'll, I'll try to be nice. To my, to my wife from time to time, I won't yell too much at this, or I won't, I won't, won't do too much of that, and I'll, I'll try to like, be a good parent for my kids, or I'll, whatever the case is. Just don't expect too much out of me, Jesus. And Jesus says, no, no, that, that's not salvation. Salvation is Lord and Savior, that you recognize and understand that he is the God of the universe, and what he says goes, and what he expects of us, is there's a standard of holiness that we strive for, that we run after, knowing that the only way that we can even obtain any of it is the Holy Spirit living in us, Him living in us. The only way, but, but He has the keys to the car. And He's got His hands on the wheel. And wherever He turns, wherever He directs, wherever He leads, goes. That's Lordship. He is Lord of my life. He is my Savior as well. He has rescued and redeemed me. And as a result of that, I have bowed down and surrendered and given everything back to him. So Jesus, whatever you want to say, Jesus, whatever you want to do, Jesus, whatever you want me to be about, however you want me to spend my time, however you want me to act, however you want me to respond to those guys that just, ugh. However, you're the Lord and what you say goes. And I'm going to submit, and I'm going to be under the rule of that because you are Lord. 
And that's what Paul is saying. You, you, you can't be at that place unless he's in you. You cannot be at that place living that out, saying that unless he is in you. And so what someone says about Jesus can always, always, always be tested by the scriptures. And I would take it even a step further. What someone lives out, how they act, react, can always, always, always be tested by the scriptures. Are they saying with their mouth and their life that Jesus is their Lord? So it brings us to the second question. Where does spiritual gifts come from? Where does spiritual gifts come from? Look at what Paul says. Now, there's a variety of gifts. Gifts, plural there. See, gifts, variety of gifts. Gifts are plural. And so the church is a group of people where there's many gifts, many gifts being used in. There's a ton of gifts. And, and throughout the scriptures, there's, there's some different places in the scriptures. You've got Romans, you've got Corinthians, Galatians, I'm thinking. You've got, you've got some different places where it, it talks about where, where, where the, the gifts, the spiritual gifts, and, and those should be present in the body of Christ. And, and we're going to look at that deeper over the next few weeks, especially next week. But the reality is this church is that God has gifted the men and women of this place that are believers in different ways for a specific purpose, for his glory, his honor, the building up and edification of the body. I mean, can, can you imagine, you're going to laugh at this, I think, or cry, I don't know. Can you imagine if everybody was like me? Like, get, like I even kind of prefaced it. That's hateful. Gosh. I need to preach to this other room. Hold on. <laughs> no, no, but, but I mean, I mean if, if we all had the same gift... And can you imagine, it? did I say somebody said, yeah, that'd be horrible. Absolutely, that'd be horrible. And we would get nothing done other than the one thing. And we'd be really, really good at the one thing. But you know what would happen? There's a lot of other things that come with that. And so do you know who we'd have? Just us. And probably not us for very long because we'd get aggravated at us. Because too much of a good thing is never a good thing. That's not biblical or scriptural. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like he is gifted, he is gifted Every believer, we'll see that here in a second, in certain ways, why? Because the body needs to be complete, y'all. Man, man, the gifts that you possess that I don't possess, the gifts that I possess that you don't possess, and it's like that all over this room, all over the, if we would take a poll this morning of the spiritual gifts, the, the gifts that God has given you and placed within you by way of the Holy Spirit are all over this room, and I say yes and amen, and they should be. They've got to be. If we want to be well-rounded, living out the will and the purpose of God, we need that. Every local body needs that. Variety of gifts, he says in verse 4, but the same Spirit. There are a variety of services, but the same Lord. Variety of activities, but the same God who empowers them. There it is. That's where we get it. We get it from God. God sovereignly gives gifts to who he chooses. What gifts to who he chooses? So God's doing it. The gift that you possess, or the gifts, plural, that you possess this morning, spiritually speaking, are God's doings. It's God's doings. And there's nothing in you that merits that. There's nothing in me that merits that. It goes back to grace. We just sang about it. It's all about grace. Nothing in us merits that. Why in the heck did he give me that gift? I don't know. But for whatever reason, all I do know is that he's bigger and he is better and his ways are so much better than mine will ever, ever be. And there are times that him and I have conversations about that, to which he always wins, and I try to remind him that maybe he, and he's like, no, nah, trust me, I know all things, just hang with me, and then he gets me to a place, I'm like, ah, okay, okay, I'll try to do better submitting next time, 
but it's God that gives the gifts, the Holy Spirit. So God, here it is. This is where we get him. God, by way of the Holy Spirit, impacts, imparts on believers different gifts, what for the edification and building up of the body. That's where they come from. They come from God by way of the Holy Spirit, where he gives us, imparts on believers. Only believers get this. So like last week, fruit of the Spirit. Only believers, only believers really understand what love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering. Only true believers know what that is. Understand and get that. Only true believers. Same thing here. Only believers, born-again believers get gifts. And God knows what his body needs. God knows what new life needs. God knows the gifts that are needed for this place to move forward and take, take his gospel to the nations. He knows. He gives what he sees fit to whom he sees fit to. And I'm not saying that we don't ask for more. And I'm not saying that we don't press in and we don't beg to experience. I mean, I do that. I, got, I, want, to, I want to taste all of them. Let me, let me have a little hit of all of it. I, I want to, but for whatever reason, he has wired and he has gifted and he has given these things in my life. And I'm just going to trust that he knows best. And I'm just going to trust that he's got a bigger plan than I've got. That he sees things much, much differently than me. Because look at what it says here at the, at the end of verse, verse 6. It says, God who empowers them all and everyone. So it's God by way of the Holy Spirit. He empowers, he gives, he, he elevates, he puts in who them all. Who's the all here? All the believers. Who, who, who is Paul writing to? He's writing to the brothers, to the sisters, to those who have been born again, to the believers there at Corinth. He empowers them all. All the spiritual gifts who to everyone. That's who, he's, that's who he's giving it to. That's who he's telling them. And so what this should do is this should be encouraging to us. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what God's, what God's brought you from or even brought you to this morning. He doesn't just save you. Then he gives you gifts. And I'm not talking about like stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not, talk, I'm not talking about like cool. I mean, like, like they're, they're really cool. But I'm not talking about like, like monetary, like, like, like stuff that raw, uh, rust and, and break apart and, and, and will be of no use down the road. I mean, he gives us real gifts that he... That's what he gives us. And you know what's so cool about that is that when you've spent your whole life with this, who wants to start Monday cleaning the church with just this? Yeah, well, that's not that great. It is, it is whenever you have to do it like this. Is it not? I mean, that's a power tool. In my world, that's a power tool because that's about as much as I can have. My wife will let me have. And I can't really hurt myself too bad on it. But man, when you've went from sweeping with this thing, and God empowers you and gives you that, that's what, that's what, so I don't know where you're at this morning, I don't know what God's serving your heart, I don't want, I don't know what you're coming from, I don't know what your experience in church is like, I don't know if you've, if you felt like you're not, not um, um, a, a part of, or you don't have anything to offer, or you don't have anything, if you are a believer in Christ, what this scripture tells us is that you do. You very much so do. Well, because God's put it in you by way of the Holy Spirit. He has given you a gift Why? To, to every believer. Because you're his, you're a believer. He knows everything that you need. He knows everything about us. And in his goodness, what does he do? He gives to his children gifts to be used for his glory and to build this place up. Have you ever thought about it like that? Maybe the reason why we haven't grown like this or we haven't accomplished this yet or we haven't done that yet or we is because maybe we're just sitting in sin and not being obedient to the leading that he's given us and using it. I don't know. 
Maybe because God's just waiting on that person to, to be woke up. That's not good English at all. Maybe God's waiting for that person to get in tune with the leading of the Spirit, submit to the gift that he's given you, and start to put it into practice. Maybe that's what's happening. Because what I know is this, is that, yo, know, I, don't, I don't just want you. Like, I, like, I, like I, this is weird. It's going to be weird talk with the preacher. I, don't, I, like, I, I want you, want you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want you just to come and sit in a, in a chair for an hour or so a week and do this and do that and kind of, oh, hey, and drink a cup of coffee and go and, and maybe kind of little events here. And, like, like, like I, I, want, I want you. I don't know if you've ever been wanted, but I want you. I want you to be a part. I don't want you to half, half-hearted give in or haphazardly. Or, like, I, I, want you, I want you to go all the way. God has gifted you. Good gosh, God has gifted you. And he has put things in you that only you, that I don't, you possess. Not everyone here possesses that. And this church needs that. I need that. Heck with the church. I, 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 as a believer, I need that in my life. I need the things that I don't have, the, the compliments, complimentary things that can come alongside. I, I need that, just as a, not even as a pastor, just as, just as a man of God. Like, I need to see those things exercised and lived out and, and walked in. That's what I need. And you as a believer sitting in this sanctuary this morning possess that. And hear me, you shortchange and you devalue what God has done if you don't walk in that and live that out. You hear me? And that's just lovingly me telling you, man. Lovingly telling you, man, that God has wired you and gifted you in a certain way for the edification and building up of his body. And what's the old slogan, be all you can be? We will never be all we can be. We can because God can. But you hear what I'm saying, though? This place needs that. The church needs that. This is the way we know that he cares. He has a plan and a purpose for his church, for every one of his children. And I just made my prayers that you don't miss that this morning. So as the band comes back up, as the band comes back up, the question I want to ask you is this. If you are sitting in this sanctuary this morning and you're a believer, then, by, then God, by way of the Holy Spirit, has imparted to you a gift that is meant to be used for him and his church. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with that? What are you doing with that gift? How have you used it this past week, this past month, this past year? Because he's put it in you for the purpose of building up of his body, making much of his great name. How are you doing this morning with that? And just hear me, I don't care who you are, you've got purpose and direction. I don't care how maybe unvaluable you think you are because maybe you're not the one that stands on the stage and gets to do this or gets to do... I, I don't... None of that matters. And that's what we see in the scriptures, don't we? We see it's kind of flipped upside down. The, the least will be the greatest. Last will be first. So your gift is just as important and vital as any other gift that God's given to anybody else and is needed. And we'll really see that illustrated next week. So I don't know what God stirred in your heart. I don't know what he said. But that question I ask is, is how are you doing with it? Are you neglecting it? Because if you're neglecting it and you're not exercising and living it out, that's called sin. And I would beg of you just to repent. God, break your heart. 
Feel that conviction this morning. Let him break your heart and you repent. Run to him because you know he wants to, he wants to pick you back up. He says, all right, buddy, let's go. Dust you off. Let's head back out. Let's go. And if you are living under the lordship of Jesus and submitting to that direction, man, you use it. Man, you use it. Give yourself away. Because for you to come here and sit week in and week out and not do anything in this place, yeah, you're hurting us, but you're hurting you. You're not just hurting life, you're hurting you too. Because God has wired you and gifted you and made you to be a participant, not a spectator. Oh, man, he wants you in the game. He wants you to be a part. He wants you to give your life away and to serve and use the gift that he has given you. Just plug it in. Imagine what you can do. With him, the possibilities are limitless. Father, I just pray this morning that you would speak and that you would move. God, if anything dumb that I've said or out of the way or anything like that, Father, I, th- I just pray that you would use. And God, that, that my heart is this, is that this is not a, and we don't even have anything out there for them to sign up and go do other than vacation Bible school coming up. And so God, I just, I just pray that that people would feel your presence, that they would feel that urge and that push, and to be involved, to give their life away, and to be a part of the body. God, that may we be complete and fully functioning like you'd have us, for your glory, for your honor, to reach this world, for your great name. Shall we pray?